Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Lynn Power, founder of Mazumi, a clean premium hair care with Japanese ocean botanicals for weightless hydration. Well, that sounds fantastic. And is also the creator of the Conscious Beauty Collective, a group of 30 and plus indie beauty and wellness brands creating retail experiences, co-marketing, and so, so much more. Plus, other businesses, loads of projects, and a personal life too, juggling all the things. Love that. Lynn, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I don't know whether I should be really honored or horrified by that intro because it it was so lovely, but it makes me sound crazy because <laughs> I'm doing oh, so much stuff, right? Why horrified? Be proud because, of this. because it makes me sound like I literally am like like doing a million things um, in and probably not well, but that's okay. I'm all good. Okay, well, if, if you're my much that, because first of all, I thought, did I butcher it? Was that a horrible introduction? Oh my gosh! Oh, no, I did no, no, no! I'm wrong. saying it was a great, it was a great introduction, but it was so good that it's like nobody could look actually live up to that. Well, that's that's well, there's my first question for you then. Oh <laughs> my gosh, are you doing too much? How do you feel about that? What what what's coming up with just hearing all that? Because I know there's only a, a drop in the ocean of what you actually do. Yeah, it does make me think I got to simplify and I got to figure out a way to like, you know, um, take a little control back. You know, it's like when I left the mm. agency world, because so I spent 30 years, you know, in the ad agency business and I was running agencies. I think I was just so excited to get out of corporate and take control of my life back that I took on so many projects because I was like, "Ooh, that looks fun. Oh, yes. And so I would say yes a lot because I also think that, you know, you want to open yourself up to possibilities. But then there is mm-hmm. a point where you're like, well, wait a minute. I I do have to actually say no once in a while. And I actually do need some parameters and some guardrails around what I can and can't do. And so now I think I'm in a simplification. So that was my abundance phase. From like 2018 to 2020, and now I'm in more of a simplification phase. Ooh, nice. So, did was that was your journey as the entrepreneur? Maybe the the accidental entrepreneur. You kind of yeah, I'm I'm kind of doing this and fell into it. Was it like the law of overcorrection that came in, which was I'm you, you desire to do this and we could do all these things and all this marketing yes. and all these jobs. That's a good way to think about it because it was that it was almost like I felt so constrained in in the last couple of years in my corporate life 
it was a very, very bureaucratic type of job, right? You're running a large ad agency. People think it's sexy, but you're dealing with HR issues, accounting, finance meetings, legal meetings. It's not sexy people, I tell you that. And I do think because I wanted to go back to doing what I loved, which is building brands, that I jumped on those opportunities and um, definitely probably took on too much. So yes, good insight, overcorrected. And now I got to just adjust back to center. I love that. So I also love the way that you you framed the corporate world. You know, people think it's sexy. I've seen Mad Max, like, hell yeah, that was amazing. But people think it's sexy, but you have to deal with all these other stuff and HR and blah, blah, blah. Let's flip that around over correction. People think being an entrepreneur and a business owner is sexy. Hell no, you've got to do the the admin and the books and the marketing and the cleaning and the sales and the fulfillment and all these things that no one told you about. So there is, oh, there's behind the scenes of everything. So Lynn, as you overcorrected and, and jumped in headfirst into the world of entrepreneurship and love building brands and probably built too many, what's... What has your journey been like as you've kind of gone through that and you've kind of seen the the challenges that came your way from maybe taking on too much? Well, the interesting thing is my journey also coincided with a global pandemic. So, you know, if it was just me and my stuff, I could have kind of managed through it, I think, a little bit easier. But sometimes the choices are not necessarily yours because the mm. world is changing around you and you have to adjust to that too. So in that sense, um, you know, I think when I launched Masami, uh, we couldn't get into salons. We had to be online. We were doing a lot of partnerships mm. and then Ilda Nature is my candle business. I launched that. Um, Different challenges, but similar, you know, there's a lot of similarities in those businesses. Um, and then, of course, I got cancer. So then there was that added on top of the other stuff. Um, and then and then, uh, you know, I think what I realized, too, is like when in my personal life, um, I, I needed to slim stuff down. So like we sold, uh, our house on the East coast cause it was too much. My kids are now 22 and 20, you know, they're out of the house. So it's like, I, I, I do think those opportunities, when you think about your life, like when you have those, those things happen, like I'm an empty nester sort of, cause my daughter and her boyfriend moved back in with me. So now I'm not really an empty nester, but, um, but those are times you can reevaluate, right? Instead of taking it for granted that it has to be the same, we kind of went through that, okay, you know, we don't really need to be um, in Massachusetts. Um, we can actually simplify and just focus on having a place in California. And then with the businesses, a little bit of the same thing. It's like, how can I focus on the businesses that are really making a difference? Mm. I can just jump in there because your reevaluation with being an empty nester, with having cancer, with so many different life changing and challenging situations happen. Change is hard. Change is so fucking hard to do. Even yeah. with these massive things, even that might not be enough to make some people change. So what was good for you? What really helped you to, to reevaluate? 
what were the questions you were asking yourself? What was it that you were actually doing and thinking that allowed you the safe space and the time to see and then change? So ironically, the cancer was one of those things that helped me reevaluate because it forces you to deal with your priorities. I mean, when you start to realize like, hey, my days may be numbered, you know, and I've got to, I've got to really get my stuff in order. And I also, you know, I think most parents can relate to this. You don't want to leave your kids a shit show, right? If you were to get hit by a bus tomorrow and your kids Mm -hmm. were suddenly left holding the bag, you would want things to be somewhat organized on an upswing thing, you know? And so I think that was part of simplifying too, is realizing, oh my God, like this would be a nightmare for anybody to try to get in and decode and deconstruct and figure out what to do. So to that end, I love my little candle business. However, I had to put that on the side for a couple reasons. One is Masami's my baby and we have more momentum and we launched earlier and the products are fantastic and I have inventory and I have traction. So that business got, it needs all the love. The candle business is, was a little bit behind. It didn't quite get the same level of, of kind of traction. Again, there's only so many time, so much time I have. And I was probably spending 25% of my time on that business and 75% of my time in the other business, but it's not fair, right? 25% is not going to make it into this growing, thriving business. So I think earlier this, well, really when I get with that, because oftentimes people have different marketing strategies or different services or completely different businesses. We, we spread ourselves so thin in different ways. What was, Let's get go down one level. What was the driver for you to hold these two kind of, there's a similar thread, but they're different businesses. What made you want to do that? What's the driver? Well, Masami was serendipitous because after I left advertising, I met my co-founder who'd been working on these formulas for a really long time. And he doesn't have any experience commercializing business or any real business experience whatsoever. So he's a he's a good intuitive sort of formulator, but not, um, you know, doesn't know how to run a business. So that was a really good match. Mm. So that business, when that was formed and it was in 2018, that was like, okay, that's going to make sense. But then, you know, again, I was in an abundance phase of saying yes. Yeah. And I had gone down to Dominica. I have friends who have a boutique hotel down there. And Hurricane Maria hit. I was actually there just a few days before Hurricane Maria. And it really wiped out the airport, a lot of the island. Um, So there was no, really the tourist um, business industry was kind of shuttered for a good probably nine months. So here, here my friends are like, okay, we have a hotel down here and nobody can come. What do we do? How do we keep our business going? So they said, hey, you're in marketing. Can you help us kind of think through what to do? So my husband and I went down there. And as we were brainstorming with them, one of the ideas that was came out of the brainstorm session was this candle <clears throat> inspired by the island of Dominica with the scent made from beeswax that comes from the island. And then we would build hives to 
uh, help the bee population mm. uh, repopulate because about half the bees got wiped off the island from Hurricane Maria. And, you know, when, I don't know if people realize, like when that happens, um, a lot of these countries won't import bees because of diseases. Mm. And so you really have to build the population back up. And obviously we all know that bees are really important to the ecosystem. So that really resonated. And so we just decided, you know what, we're going to do this business because it's such a, it's such an intuitive, good business to think about helping, you know, the island Mm. get back and creating something of value and thinking about nature as luxury and reminding people nature is not to be taken for granted. Nature is luxury and treating it that way. And so that's how that business was born. So it really was like a passion project. Yeah. Um, And so to that end, you know, I could kind of say, I love this project. I love this business. I love this brand, but I haven't really given it the full time or attention that it would need. And, you know, luckily beeswax never really expires. It gets old. So I have like, it can sit there for 10 years until I'm ready to actually do something. Mm. Uh, And that's why I kind of made the choice of deprioritizing that business and then prioritizing Masami and then the Conscious Beauty Collective as a result of Masami, just because again, something's got to go. You can't. So this, 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 this thread is familiar that goes all the way through this. I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong or a good or a bad. Yeah. The you said the word intention a number of times and priorities. The candle company, that was very much based on it came from situational. It was opportunity rather than this is what I want to fuel my life. Here is the result that this business is going to give us. There was more, I mean, the way you described it, it's like, yes, oh my gosh, you do a great product, you save a community. There is so much wrapped up in that. It's fantastic. But with Unforget Yourself, always holding space for what am I doing? What do I want? How does it fuel me? How does it help me? Is it actually hindering me? But I do all this, 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 and this, but it's not actually aligned with where I'm truly going. In fact, it's going to hurt my other business. We have to weigh these things up. So I'm not saying there's a good or a bad. It's just interesting. And then when you brought in uh, the the Conscious Beauty Collective, is a result of Masami. It's like, oh my gosh, there is another problem you're trying to solve trying to help other people, trying to see this thing. It's the opportunities. Crumbs, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. See the opportunities, not the threats. The law of overcorrection, which we joked about before we press record. The opportunities and threats. You're like, oh my gosh, there's opportunities everywhere. I'm going to do the thing. And then, oh, crumbs, focus, intention. There's a lot going on. That was a big rant for me. What, what, What is that like? I mean, you pretty much just nailed it and described it. I mean, that is, you know, because I was in this mindset of I'd see these opportunities and be like, oh, my God, I have to make this like, come on, this is too good. But then there's the okay, it's it's easy to launch a business. It's hard to sustain a business. Right. Like and the sustaining of the business is challenging. You know, it takes just a, a whole different mindset. It takes a level of stubbornness, resilience, however you want to call it, fortitude, um, to keep things going day, day in and day out. And so I, I think just for me, it was like, well, I can't do that for two businesses. I can do it for one, but that's just too much. So we are actively now trying to either sell 
build the build an HR or license it so that someone else can take. It's a beautiful brand. I mean, the product smells insane. People love it, but maybe someone else can let it thrive and grow in a way that I can't right now. Yeah. But so as the entrepreneur that you are, this driven, opportunity-led desire to help others, what it, what are you in the next phase? If we can draw a foundation here, if we can have this as, if this podcast give you the safe space to force yourself to deal with the priorities, that's a great line that you said. If this can force you or just hold you just for a couple of minutes to deal with your priorities, forget everyone else, forget the passion, forget the, the, the impact of your businesses. What do you want in this moment? Where do you want to take your life or your business? And then we can bring the other stuff back into play. What do you Yeah. Want? So one of the things that I realized as I was going through my cancer treatment, <clears throat> other than the fact that I wanted to do more brand partnerships and work with more founders, I also wanted to only work with people. This is not this. Okay. I only want to work with people I love and trust, which is not a new thing. Cause I think when I became an entrepreneur, that was my mindset, mm. but it became more front and center when I had cancer to the point where my desire was really to have my kids working in my business. Now they would throw up if they heard that, because that was like the last thing that they wanted to do. My son is a data science major. My daughter is an incredible, talented artist, but the stars aligned and my daughter and her boyfriend were living in Austin, Texas and decided didn't want to be there. We were moving to Palm Springs full time. They moved in with us here with their 82 pound dog <laughs> puppy. Um, and she started working on the Conscious Beauty Collective. So she's taken her, her design skills and has helped create murals in the store, created social media graphics, created all sorts of stuff. Um, and she actually works in the store. And that is, when I think about what what is it that I want to prioritize or what I want, I, I, I've been kind of not so secret about it, but like, I want my daughter to be full on in my business and Masami and the Conscious Beauty Collective. I would really want my son too, but that's a whole different thing. That's harder. Mm. I'll be happy with just one of them, um, you know, because. Um, but, but 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 you're still talking about other people, so yeah. I know we, 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 there's a, there's no, a bridge there. But that makes there. me happy. Like I want, I want to have, I want to be working with, like I want to be with my daughter. I want to spend time with my family, and and because I'm an entrepreneur, what better way to do that than to meld those things, mm -hmm. right? Like. So I, I actually do believe in blending, not balancing. It's not an either or, and you're doing this. For me, it's like when you actually mush it all together and I actually have my daughter now in the store with me for hours on end and we get to have really great conversations and I know everything that's happening with her. And that to me is like gold, um, so that is what I want is to, you know, make my work um, fit my life, not make my life fit my work. And so if I can do that by bringing in all the people I love into my work, 
then it's like a win-win, you know? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And as the CEO, to be able to release the tasks, the jobs, the responsibility that I think maybe because of your desire, you've held on to so, so tightly to be able to, if that's what you want, there's, they, as you said, there's no this or that. It's somewhere in between. You can have it both. It doesn't have to be two extremes. Right. So trying to find that this is what you want. This is the, it's the intangibility. It is the feeling. It is the being around family. It's the time that's important. <laughs> Work gets in the way of that. How can you start to build your business to allow you to pull back? It's money, it's time, it's energy. It's all those things that we, we speak about so much. What's the one thing? The one thing that could change everything for you. What's the one thing that if you move the needle in this area, this starts to really either cement further or starts to open up for you? What would that be? I mean, if somebody wanted to give me a couple million dollars (laughs) for the business, that would be helpful. That would be a start. But um, knowing that's probably not going to happen, I would say... I would say if, if, yeah, the one thing would be if if I could have more like, like my daughter, uh, my brother does operations, my high school friend, Kristen does my marketing. Like if I could make this truly into a family business where people could just take on more. Now I got to get my son involved. That's my next thing I got to do. If he wants to. There's a lot of control and force in this. If, of course, that comes in. I know you, you're not going to force them to, but there is that level of crumbs. We were talking about this on a, on a client call this morning, that having that responsibility and their responsibility for their clients to get their results and to do these things. It's like, hold on. There is holding on so tight to this thing I want so badly. But once we start to release that, crumbs, we, we talk to our kids about business. They don't care about it. They're from 11 to 17. They've got no interest. It's so easy to try and, say, try and force rather than hold back and be like, yeah. So what so, I found is your kids are a couple of years away from not having any interest to suddenly having a lot of opinions. Because <laughs> I- believe they have opinions. <laughs> right? So yeah. So for a long time, my yeah. kids would roll their eyes like, oh, you know, is this a clean beauty emergency mom? Really? Like you have to take this call or you have to do that. And then as they suddenly, my son had an internship last summer and in advertising, in data and analytics. And suddenly he's asking me about my Google analytics. He's asking me about my Shopify analytics. He wants to, you know, so suddenly he's got opinions on the stuff we're doing. And, and it's great because I feel like, you know, he's engaged, he's smart, he's, um, trying to help me. I mean, he actually said to me, I want you to spend, I want you to make a spreadsheet for me and tell me where you're spending your time. And I want you to do it for a week and and do it in 15 minute increments. And then we're going to go through it together and see if there's anything that you can offload or get rid of, or, you know, just trade off for something else. Mm. Uh, And this is, you know, a 22 year old kid telling me this, um, so of course I made the spreadsheet and I had to put in there my, you know, half hour making spreadsheet for Billy in the, in the spreadsheet, um, you know, and it's tricky because being an entrepreneur, your days are unpredictable. You know, there are some days when I'm 
dealing with a lot of stuff at the store. And there are other days when I'm, you know, onboarding a new platform or I've got an Amazon issue or I've got a production issue with products. Like, so it, it is, it is sometimes hard to pull yourself out of the weeds because you can get sucked in so easily mm. into all the minutia. Um, so, so that is a good exercise, um, and was kind of a, a, a good thing to do. So coming out of that, one of the things that we decided to do was to try to offload the social media to my daughter to have her start doing it instead of me, because, you know, it would take me half hour of my day to post yeah. on multiple, cause I'm posting on Masami, I'm posting on the conscious beauty collective. We're on multiple platforms. Like it's, mm-hmm. And it's something you have to do every day, you know? So when you start to add up that time, it was like, well, wait a minute. What if somebody else could do that? Um, And with with that focus, that intention, where is your time best spent? Because this is very logical. Everything you've spoken there is a very logical view. The emotion that comes in with it. I mean, the unpredictability. That's, lovingly, that's been self-created. This way of working, if you could hold that as true, you may challenge me to the hills and fight yeah. on this. Or you're like, oh, you've nailed it. Or somewhere in between. There is a place where business is business hard. Business is unpredictable. My days are unpredictable. Hold on. That is self-created. You have control over this. There are certain elements that do pop up. But that is not the case for an awful lot of businesses. Therefore, it's not a rule. Therefore, what's we were joking about offline about you know having the making things a bit more complicated than they could be and that's why people are you know jumping on with with this particular offer potentially and it's all potential and you get to take this to the bank or take it back and shoot it you're cool <laughs> what is in that that's self-created what is in that that was fueled by logic or emotion or it wasn't seen until you pull back and be like oh crumbs I was trying to do this. I actually went down that way. We need to pause and just redirect because we were we were kind of off. And th- this is the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship. We had to build the business that we want with family, without family, on our own, with loads of people doing it all ourselves or being able to release. And in these different seasons of our life, it all changes. Maybe yeah. that's a key. Maybe now you've hit a new season, which is this. things are different. And I'm trying to do it in the same way as the past one, which didn't isn't working right now. Yeah, no, that is definitely the case. I mean, you know, we talked a little earlier about, you know, I was in this sort of abundance mindset when I launched the businesses and now, now I'm in a simplicity mindset. So it is a different yeah. season, if you will. Um, and right now, I mean, the focus that I've had for the last year, which does feel like still is a good focus, is this Conscious Beauty Collective, because mm-hmm. it kind of checks a lot of boxes when you think about um, uh, fueling me on a personal level, because I get to work with other founders, and I enjoy that, and I feel like I'm making a difference, um, fueling me on a business level because it's actually helping my business get new customers, get exposure, grow. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 giving me a retail channel so that I'm building it out that way, which is so hard these days. And even if you get in a big retailer, it does not always mean success. It can often mean failure, actually. So, mm. you know, 
that for me has been something where I, the more I think about it, the more that I've sort of said, yeah, I want to be spending my time making that work because it does so much for, it throws off so much positivity for everything else I'm doing. There's um, the impact, the impact, the direct impact and also the indirect is huge. Yeah. Lynn, look, we can talk for hours on this. This is fantastic. Look, thank you so, so much for, for being here and sharing not only what you do and how you do it, but behind the scenes as you've sort of grown and evolved through these different stages of life and, and being challenged and, and challenging back. I love this conversation. It's been beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. And I love how you've sort of questioned or pushed or challenged because, you know, we all need that. You're welcome. You're so welcome. And hey, if people want to find out more about you and the, and the amazing work and products that you that you have and, and serve, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can always pop in the Conscious Beauty Collective in Palm Springs. We're here till the end of April, at least, maybe longer. Um, but you can find me online at lovemossamy.com or any of our social, which Love Mossamy Hair, pretty much on everything. Or you can always find me personally on LinkedIn and hit me up. Awesome. Well, everyone, please go and check it out if you're curious or pop in if you're local. But Lynn, thank you so, so thank much. You. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.